I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. In this episode, I talk to Leke and Marielos Lewu from Miami, Florida. They lead an 80-student campus ministry focused on Florida International University and the University of Miami. Listen as they talk about how they consistently have 25 baptisms every year, their ministry philosophy, and their five Fs, how to reach student-athletes, how to integrate a ministry of kingdom kids and those without a church background, how they stay inspired after years of campus ministry, what Mariellos learned from getting her master's degree, their dreams to send out 50 missionaries in 10 years and using athletics to impact underserved kids, and finally their today list to make each day count. All this and more on the Rob Skinner Podcast. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Thanks for listening to the Rob Skinner Podcast. If you're enjoying the content, please support the Rob Skinner Podcast on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Rob Skinner. That's patreon.com forward slash Rob Skinner. Thank you and make this life count. This has been such an exciting time on campus. This is, uh, we're a couple weeks into the semester at the University of Arizona. Kevin and Erica Liu are doing an awesome job reaching out. And it's been so, so thrilling to see so many students come out to church and studies going on. It was such a busy week in terms of Bible studies, at least a couple every day. And and, uh, it's amazing to see the response of students and one of the things that I felt really strongly about coming out of the World Discipleship Summit is I wanted to interview leaders who are making a difference on campus, both to learn from them personally and also to be able to share what what are those people doing who are making a difference on, on campuses around the world. And one of the people I talked to is Kyle Plum. I had a great talk with him and interviewed him a couple episodes ago. But another person I bumped into was Lake Lewu. And Lake, I, I have never met him before, but in May, I went to Georgia for a campus training program, and there were a ton of students from the Miami area, which is where he's from, and it, it was really awesome because those, those students were really fired up. They were, you know, you could just tell they were really thrilled about what about being there. It wasn't like they were obligated. They were like pumped up. And I just thought to myself, I made a mental note. I need to talk to this guy, Leke, and his wife, Marielos, to find out what are they doing down there because there, there was something special happening. And so luckily I knew Marielos from, uh, she's actually from Arizona, so I knew her when she was up in Phoenix, which is only a couple couple hours away, and so they recently got married. So I bumped into him and I said, hey, listen, do you think you'd, you'd come on the program? And they were kind enough to say yes. And so Leike and Marielos, welcome to the program. Thanks for having us. Yeah, we're excited. It's yeah. an honor. 
I know. It is fantastic to have you guys. How'd you guys become Christians? So yeah, I can start. Uh, I became a Christian in Arizona. I actually grew up in Phoenix. And uh, for a very young age, I started going to church. My mom was a Christian. Um, around age nine, I saw our lives really change when she she decided to follow Jesus. And I saw in her life, she just had a peace to her. And um, she had a way of forgiving and living a life that seemed so free um, with so many hardships that happened um, in our life. And so that whatever it was that she had, it it made me dr- be drawn to whoever this Jesus was that she was following because I didn't really know uh, Jesus too well. I think I grew up, you know, hearing different stories. And uh, when you go to church, a lot of time, uh, a lot of times you're there because your parents are bringing you there. Um, but there's a point where I think I just decided, well, I want to figure out whatever it is that my mom believes in. Um, and I kind of saw both sides of of that world of my mom following Jesus and my dad wasn't. Um, I saw the effects of both. And so um, I was actually going off to college. It was the summer before my freshman year of college. And I decided to really get serious about figuring out what it was that I wanted to do with my life and specifically with with God. And so I sat down, studied the Bible with, or Allie Barnes studied the Bible with me. Um, And she was just an amazing friend. And she really showed me the scriptures. And I was just blown away that the scriptures actually said, all of these incredible things that I wanted for my life. And I want, and I wanted to be able to um, have that relationship that it, it describes in scripture, uh, but I didn't know how. And somebody just showing me, Hey, this is, this is the way it was just incredible. And mm. I think what really got me was um, when we studied out grace in the cross mm. and um, I was just, that was, that was a moment where I was like, wow, I need God. Um, I, it really brought me to my knees because talked about how sin is equal. Um, it doesn't matter if it's my sin or if it's somebody else's sin. And uh, there's a lot of hurts that I had in my life because of sin, uh, because of other people's sin. And I felt what I had done was unforgivable. Um, it was, too, it was so, it, it had hurt me so bad. And when I realized that all sin was equal, it was like, wow, my sin is just as bad. That was humbling. And it made me desperate for God's grace. And so uh, going into my freshman year, I decided to make Jesus Lord, got baptized November 21, 21st, 2010. 2010. <laughs> uh, 2010. Let's go. It's been a while. So yeah. And there's a lot of bumps in the road after that, you know, I still had to figure out what it meant to have convictions living in, in a college life, um, in a college campus and, um, unfortunately made many mistakes and, um, had to learn a lot quickly about what that meant, but I'm grateful. Um, yeah, I'm here now and faithful and God has really showed me a lot of grace in my life. That's cool. So you, you really got to see like the divergence between where your mom was at and where your dad was at. You got to see the power of the gospel in people's lives. Yeah. And I, and I saw the effects, uh, that it could have if you follow Jesus's way, like Mm. the, it really, it really was made brought to life when I saw my mom's life. That's awesome. That takes a lot of courage. How about you, Leke? Yeah, so I am Nigerian. Uh, I was, uh, there are a lot, a lot of Nigerians are religious. And uh, so I grew up, my dad's Catholic. My mom went to Pentecostal Nigerian Christian church. 
And uh, so I kind of grew up knowing a little bit about Jesus and uh, always knowing that, you know, he was the way in a sense. Uh, but it wasn't until maybe middle school that my uncle came down from Texas and <laughs> come on, Texas. And, uh, and he read the Bible and prayed uh, before I went to school. And he asked me if I wanted to join him. And I started doing that. And it kind of blew my mind uh, that he actually had a relationship with God. And I was inspired by that. Uh, and in middle school, they had us read 10 minutes before each class. So I started reading this book called The Book of Hope. And it was basically the book of John uh, for seventh graders. They had nights writing and all these like, cool, Jesus walked on water. Wow. And uh, I was I was enamored. It was cool. Um, and kind of grew up just kind of amazed by Jesus. I went to church and in high school, but high school is also where I kind of moved away from living a pure life as I thought, you know, and uh, going into college, I challenged myself my freshman year to read the entire Bible. Wow. And I did. And uh, then my sophomore year, uh, but I was living in a lot of sin. <laughs> it was more of a challenge and more of a task. Uh, and my sophomore year, same thing. Uh, I was an athlete. I played at Daytona State College. I played basketball and uh, all the athletes lived on the same block. So we were, we were doing, doing it, man. Uh, in many different ways. We were going to the clubs and so on and so forth. Uh, but I, but we still went to church. Some of the athletes went to church on Saturday, Sunday, club on Saturday, church on Sunday. And uh, my <laughs> sophomore year, uh, one of my friends, well, now, now he's my friend, Zach Conroy, reached out to my teammate. And my teammate said, I'm not really interested, but maybe, you know, Lake might be interested. He and some of the teammates go to church. So Zach came up to me and he's like, hey, are you Lake? And I was like, how do you even know my name? Like, who are you? So uh, he reached out to me, said, hey, we're going to have a 15 minute Bible discussion. Love for you to come out. And I did. And I thought, oh, look at these little Christians doing the Christian thing. <laughs> it's cute. Uh, but then I went two or three times. And after that, uh, the guy Ari Rodriguez and Zach Conroy, they asked me to study the Bible. And I looked at them and I thought, what are these guys going to teach me that I don't already know? I already read the Bible, uh, although I wasn't living it. And I thought, man, well, I know I fear God, so maybe they could teach me something. And I remember the first Bible study, we talked about how the word of God must be the standard of our lives. And I, it blew my mind. I, I was looking at different scriptures that they showed me. And I was like, guys, the word is talking about the word. This is amazing. How do you guys know your scriptures? This is, this is cool. I read the entire Bible and I never saw it this way. And I remember our second Bible study, we talked about being a disciple and I knew, man, I'm definitely not a disciple. Uh, so I, I grew up going to a church, you know, different churches and they taught about the sinner's prayer and all these different things. And I was shocked when I learned about uh, repentance and baptism and so on and so forth. So I actually took a step back and studied the scriptures a little bit deeper because I was shocked that so many people weren't teaching sound biblical doctrine. And uh, so it took me an extra month. Uh, so I turned 21 May 4th, 2010. And uh, instead of turning up, I 
turned my life to Jesus two days later, <laughs> uh, which was May 6th, 2010. And that's the day I got dunked. I, I didn't even bring extra clothes. I was so happy. Uh, and we went to Steak and Shake afterwards and I was all wet. And, uh, that reminds me of Tom Brown. I think, I think Tom Brown got baptized in a, a full suit and just had his wallet oh, yeah. in his back pocket. Okay. I mean, it's a, it's a cool story. That's awesome. It's a great picture. Now, let me ask you this. So you're Nigerian. You had mentioned in a pre-interview that you were born in Japan. Sounds like yeah. you, it sounds like you've traveled quite a bit. Yeah, so my dad's a diplomat, Nigerian diplomat. He was an ambassador in Brazil, and he was under the ambassador in Japan. So my family moved from the UK, where my older sisters were born, and then we, they, uh, went to Japan, and me and my younger sister were born in Japan, and I only lived there for about two years, so I only know one through ten. Uh, <laughs> That's impressive. Come on. Uh and then after that, we moved to Brazil and I lived in Brazil for about five, six years. I speak Portuguese, uh, vamos lá, Brasil. And uh, yeah, so I lived in Brazil for about five, six years. My dad was an ambassador. It was, it was awesome. We had the embassy house, we had drivers, we had maids. It was, it was a spoiled life. We had an Olympic sized pool. We, it, was, it was incredible. So sometimes people ask me, how was Brazil? And I'm like, how do you answer that question? Because right. I wasn't living a normal Brazil life, right. Brazilian life. So it depends. But uh, Brazil's great, dear to my heart in many ways. And then we came to the States and I lived here, South Florida, most of my life. Got it. Okay. So that explains like, you, you don't have any accent. I mean, you just, you, you're... Um, you have dual citizenship, I'm assuming. You've got U.S. plus Nigerian citizenship. So I'm straight Nigerian, but uh, I'm about to be an American citizen. Got so it, got it. You're soon, pro- very soon. Um, yeah. Are your parents in the States or are they, are they back in Nigeria? So my dad actually lives in Nigeria. After we came to the States, he did a fellowship at Harvard. Uh, so he was in Boston for some time and then he worked for the UN for a little bit with peacekeeping in Sierra Leone. And then he went back to Nigeria because he and his brother own a farm and uh, it's a large plot of land. And so he's working it and uh, he's retired. Uh, But my mom lives in South Florida and uh, she's a nurse. She's awesome. Got it. That's awesome. Okay. So tell me how you guys got together. Well, she got lucky and I'm just <laughs> <laughs> oh, you could go for money. Yeah. So it was kind of funny. The, we had some friends some, some, there was a guy that I was working with in the campus ministry, Willie Price in Arizona, who told me about this guy, Lake in Miami. He's like, this guy is awesome. I think you guys would hit it off. Um, and I was not really about it. I was like, oh, I don't really want to be set up. That's weird. I'll just meet this guy at the next conference we have. So I told Willie, like, no, just, we'll just wait. Um, and Willie went behind my back anyway and did it <laughs> and reached out to Lake and told Lake, hey, there's a sister in Arizona. I think you guys would hit it off, so on and so forth. 
And actually that very same week, there was a sister who had moved from Phoenix and now lived in Miami that she had been there about seven years at that point, who thought of me and decided to ask like, hey, I think you should reach out to this sister, Marielos in, in Arizona. And it was the same week. And these two people did not know that they were doing the same thing, uh, trying to set us up. And so it was really clear, I think, that God wanted us to talk, whatever that looked like. Um, so then Lake reached out to me. He sent me a cheesy text and we started, <laughs> we had like a phone call and uh, we kind of started talking from there. I don't know if you want to. Yeah. And it was crazy because I was on a prayer walk prior to our call. And um, I just thought, you know, Willie contacted me that same week. Another sister contacted me about Madi and I thought, you know, God, uh, I prayed this, you know, talk goes great, so on and so forth. And after the conversation, we spoke for about an hour. And afterwards, I was like shocked. I was like, man, this girl is awesome. We baptized the same year and uh, kind of did ministry sort of around the same year. We love uh, being athletic. Uh, I say that because it's different. <laughs> she loves going to the she gym. Likes to play basketball. I like playing basketball. That's my gym. I say, I'm going to go work out, but then I just really go play basketball. Um, but yeah, so I was, I was shocked and I know people put their best foot forward. So, uh, I was like, I don't know if this girl's even real, you know? Uh, so we actually met at CTP. Uh, which is a training program that you're talking about in, in Georgia. And I took her out on a couple dates there. That was fun. And I still wasn't convinced uh, because I was, I dated before and we only dated for two months. And so that was kind of funny and embarrassing. And <laughs> the campus minister dated only two months. Uh, so, so I was like, ah, I don't know if I want to just dive into another relationship and it not go amazing, especially long distance. Mm. So she was in Arizona, I was still in Florida and I'm still in Florida, but yeah, you know, I just went to Arizona to see her and with her friends and so on and so forth. And that's, uh, the rest is history. I, I was like, wow, this, this, this girl is amazing. And I'd love for her to come down to Florida, see my friends and so on and so forth. And, uh, and she did. And, uh, one of those trips, I asked her to be my girlfriend. You guys are a, a great example, a successful example of a long distance dating relationship. Any tips to those who are looking to find Mr. Right or Miss Right? Mr. Right, Mrs. Right. Yeah, well, long distance isn't easy at all. <laughs> um, I think we learned a lot uh, through the process. Um, I think the some of the things that made it successful, I guess, in our case, um, is that we really got to know each other's circle of people. Yeah. Um, I think it helps because you're not in each other's lives the way you would if you were in the same city. And so if you know the people around them, you kind of know them better. Um, you know the fruits. You can talk to the people in their lives and ask questions and get clarification when you don't understand or can't communicate well. Um, so I think it's really helpful to know each other's people. And um, yeah. we spent a lot of time I think like just FaceTiming, um, we would try to fly back and forth each and every month, switch back and forth every month. So he would go to Arizona and then I would come to Miami, we'd go back and forth. And um, I think that helped to see each other, at least in each other's environments. Um, but really, I mean, I think the thing that helped us the most was having people in our lives that knew each other and that we could 
we could just get clarification and understanding. Um, and there's yeah. a security in that because mm. the people in your life is a big reflection of who you are. Um, so I think it helped me trust when I was moving to Florida that one, I, I know Lake A is, has people that I can turn to and, and kind of get um, support from, but that I can also have those people in my life as well. Yeah. And I mean, to that too, you know, there'd be times where we talk and miscommunicate and I would uh, just call one of her friends and they'd be like, so this is what she's feeling. So this is what you could do. And I was like, oh man, thank God for Christians. Uh, so it was, that was really helpful. One of the things that maybe uh, that, I don't know, maybe this is a little thing, but every other month, my, my bank account was $300. <laughs> uh, I, I had ex an extra 300 in there. Uh, so every other month I had to fly out and uh, so I had to be mindful about finances, about um, when I'm going, about my finances there, and uh, figuring out different ways to encourage her, even while I was here. Right. So for her birthday and, you know, different events or whatever, I would call her and be like, hey, do you want to have lunch? And she's like, yeah, let me just prepare lunch. And it's like, no, go outside. There's lunch for you. Oh. Uh, so uh, we, I did like monthly letters. Uh, which oh, I should yeah, probably really start up doing again as a married man. <laughs> but I, I did monthly little letters like month one and I would just try to encourage her. Like, um, are you talking about traditional letters to snail mail? Yeah, but really no, um, no, email. email. <laughs> email. <Okay. laughs> uh, more email than anything. They're really cute. Um, and I would, I would also write some letters to her mom. So if you know her mom, she's a Christian or not, just make sure <laughs> that you woo her you mother. Her over. Uh, yeah, so, uh, which I should probably start doing again. Wow, awesome. Okay, so you guys, you guys got married. When did you guys get married? We actually got married in the middle of the pandemic. So okay. we got engaged in February and then got married in June, 2020. Okay. So you guys got, got married and you've got a cute little kid named Micah, little boy. Yeah. That's awesome. So, okay. With let's just, let's just change channels here a little bit. Like I mentioned, I went to that campus training program, CTP in Georgia and I was impressed by your people. I mean, I, I was impressed by the joy, the enthusiasm. Um, there, there seemed to be a, a, a brightness, a happiness there, which was really refreshing to see that. What's going on in your ministry? What, what are you doing to build that kind of culture? Yeah, well, thank you, bro. Um, you can go. No, I was just going to say, I think that was the thing. So when I met Lake um, I met his ministry at the same time when we met in person. And that I said almost the exact same words, Rob. I felt like there was, there's something different about uh, the, the ministry that he was uh, pouring into. And so they have, yeah, there is definitely a joy and a, hmm. I would say a fun culture that is built um, that like has done a really good job. But you can share a little bit what you've been doing. Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Um, kind of, but I think we, because we have a lot of young Christians, um, you know, they come from the world and 
the world seems so appealing. So we talk a lot about having fun <laughs> as a ministry and we have a lot of fun events and so on and so forth. Uh, but we also talk about having deep convictions. And I think the newness of things and the excitement to, wow, this is new. I love Jesus. And this is pure fun. I think all of that, we really try to elevate in our ministry um, and talk a lot about and talk a lot about encouragement. Uh, I did a whole study on Luke 7, how Jesus just continues to lift people up. He lifts up the centurion. He lifts up John the Baptist. He lifts up the sinful woman. And so that's the, the different, we did a whole series on the book of Luke and there were two or three or four lessons that we talked about encouragement and the joy that we have and being part of the body. So um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been fun. It's been fun. It's a, it's a blessing. Okay. So give us a, a picture of your ministry. How many people in your ministry, how many people are you baptizing, um, you know, pre-COVID and then through COVID just kind of flesh out your ministry a little bit and, and what campuses are you working on? Yeah. So we fluctuated from about uh, 40 disciples to 80 disciples. We were, you know, each semester we'll, we're maybe we're about 60 and then we'll graduate a bunch. Uh, last semester we were 80 and then we graduated and some moved, um, moved on to this, you know, uh, singles or young professionals ministry got married, so on and so forth. So now we're about 60 plus disciples. And uh, we usually baptize around 25 on average a year, uh, maybe about 12 to 15 during the fall semester, 10 during spring and two or three sprinkled during the summer. And yeah, so we were, we were about 80 and now we're about 60, which 60 plus. So that, that excites me because I'm like, man, another, you know, if, if we don't see people become Christians, now we're just going to uh, kind of uh, continue to, to diminish, I guess, in numbers. But, uh, but so it's, it, 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 it's exciting to me. Um, you know, sometimes uh, in the past, I was like, oh man, we just got to the 60 mark and we want to help more people love Jesus and become Christians. And we want to have this great critical mass and so on and so forth. And now we're at 40. Ah, but I just thought, man, that is, that's, that's exciting to me now because we could get back on the horse and go after it and be bold and not, uh, you know, just be stale right. uh, or stagnant. So you're, how, how big is the Miami church that you're a part of? So we're about 450 disciples. Okay. So that, that makes sense. You got about 450 disciples. 80 would be about 20% of your, of the larger population. And that seems to be in my mind, I've been thinking a lot about that. Like what is the right size for a campus ministry to be? I mean, I, this is something I talked about at the World Discipleship Summit is I talked to the small church leaders is if you have a campus ministry in your city, try to get it to at least 20% of your, of your church size because of, mm. I mean, a number of different reasons, future leadership, trying to maintain a youthfulness in your ministry because our, our family of churches are aging. But um, that seems like a great number. I mean, not that there's a perfect number, but that's that's pretty awesome. Okay, so let's get back to it. So, which which campuses are you working on? 
So we are mainly at FIU, which is Florida International University, uh, which is a really unique university. It's kind of cool. It's since it's international, we get a lot of Caribbean students, a lot of uh, students from South America, Latin America. It's a good mix. And then Miami in itself has that mix. So right. you kind of see a lot of culture um, coming through that campus. And that in itself brings a lot of uh, just fun, being able to experience different <laughs> cultures like that. And then uh, we also are at the University of Miami, the U. The U. Um, <laughs> so we actually, that, I mean, that, that ministry has been fluctuated up and down d- throughout the years. But about two years ago, uh, Lake and I actually walked the campus one night and we we're just praying uh, that we could have some disciples on that campus. And we actually prayed specifically for some athletes. And God blessed us because uh, a disciple from L.A. moved to the U to play uh, volleyball. She was on the women's team and she was kind of the spark that started us um, replanting that university. And we've seen yeah. about 10 baptisms there. Uh, during COVID, this wow. during that COVID season, uh, which is really awesome. So it's grown, and we're still we're still praying that it can grow um, even bigger to to kind of what we're doing at FIU. So mainly at FIU and the U and MDC is uh, a community college. It's community school. It's pretty big. Uh, we haven't had as much presence there, but we would like to. Um, we we're trying to figure out what that's going to look like. Uh, but those are the three major campuses. Okay, so FIU, Florida International, is that a private school, public? Yeah, it's a public school. Yeah. Okay, <clears throat> and, and then how many students? What's the population? There are about 56,000, wow. 57,000 students. Uh, maybe about 6,000 of them live on campus. And so it's a majority commuter school. And, um, and yeah, there's there's, yeah, there are multiple campuses. There's one in the north. And the main campus uh, is in the south. Okay. And that's where we're at. And, yeah, that's where we're at. Okay. So, okay, a lot of questions I want to dig into here. First, first off, um, with with multiple campuses, how do you stay focused? I mean, that's that's the challenge. Is like, okay, you've got the University of Miami, you've got Florida International, but Florida International has multiple campuses. So, how do you guys spend your time for maximum impact? Yeah, so the so where I went to school was FIU, and that's where I I, I was a main intern at FIU. That's where I mainly interned. Uh, so that's where we built first, and that was I'd say our FIU group is more of the model, and uh, to which we're trying to build at UM and Miami Dade College. Uh, Miami Dade College is mainly a, a two year school. It's four year now, but you know people usually move after two years after they get their AA, and they'll come to FIU or they'll go to UM or they'll they'll move somewhere else. But our main focus has been FIU for years now. There's so many students there. Uh, sometimes we'd go on UM, we'd try to reach out to people. We didn't have a great presence there, and then there would be so many Bible studies at FIU that we would just really focus on FIU. Got it. And then once we got to about maybe 50 students or so. That's where we really started focusing a little bit more on UM, uh, and uh, that's that's where we're at now to a certain extent. Uh, we're really trying to build up University of Miami, and luckily we uh, have some interns. So we have two interns focused on UM, 
And for us, we probably hit UM once a week, once or twice a week. And we're on FIU two or three times a week, uh, just making sure that the ministry is healthy, that we're connected, that we're in Bible studies and so on and so forth. Yeah, and I'll add to that. I think uh, what's cool about it is FIU is the model, but the UM students are really excited to see what we're doing at FIU mm. happen at UM. So right. it's, it's great to have a, a place where you can get inspiration. When you're a small group, it can be a little discouraging. Um, we are going on campus, there's thousands of students. Uh, it can seem overwhelming, yeah. uh, but when you see that it can be done, it really brings like a fire to that group at UM of like, yeah, we want this, this is possible. It, and I think if you're, you know, in a smaller ministry, finding a ministry that you can aspire um, to be like and learn from um, can really go a long way. And we also try to, I just want to add this real quick. We also try to make sure that we all understand that it's one ministry. So the only time we're not one ministry is when UM is playing FIU in some sport <laughs> or, or you know, playing against each other. That's the only time. The only time. And even us, we're like, come on, go team. You know, we can't take a side. Uh, but that's really the only time. But we really try to make sure any any weirdness in any way, we we're like, guys, we're one ministry. We're, we love Jesus, so on and so forth. Uh, so, yeah, you know, that's, I'd say, uh, kind of our next step is maybe really getting into the Miami-Dade College, um, focusing there as well, so. Okay, okay. So, one of the things you mentioned in our pre-interview is the five Fs. Can you talk a little bit about your your ministry philosophy and the five Fs? Yeah, you want me? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, we have we have what we call the five Fs. It's really from Lake A. I don't know where he got it, but I can tell you what they are. Uh, we have five Fs, so it kind of build the culture of our campus ministry. Um, and everybody who comes through our ministry knows these five Fs. It's kind of funny, but it's faith, follow up, focus, family, family, and fun, baby. Fun. I said fun. Oh, I don't know. Faith, <laughs> focus, family, follow up, and fun. So yeah, the five Fs kind of help us focus on everything else that we do as a ministry. So for example, fun, fun is something that we want to be a part of everything we do. So if it's a midweek, if it's a, uh, just a Bible talk, if it's uh, just time being spent together um, with brothers and sisters, we want it to be fun. We want that to be, we want people to look at our ministry and see, man, this is, this is a fun ministry. And so we do different stuff to try to make it fun. We, we do things that we want to be a part of. Like yeah. We're excited about, um, we would want to tell our friends, Hey, come, come join the fun. Um, yeah. And we follow up, I think is a big thing too. following up, uh, with people, you know, we spend a lot of time evangelizing on campus and, and reaching out and uh, we want to follow up with people. Uh, we want them to know what's going on. And I think that um, that goes a long way as well. And following up with disciples, following up with our brothers and sisters, seeing how they're doing. Uh, we go through a lot through one week and we, we want to follow up with each other. Those are kind of two, two that stand out to me, but you can share the other ones. Yeah. So uh, before the semester starts, we have a training day. And we talk about uh, <laughs> how it's not like the movie training day. <laughs> and uh, so it's, it's very much we're teaching about the culture of the ministry and our campaign week. The first two weeks of school, we do a bunch of different events. Our goal is to try to get as many numbers as possible. 
and to have fun events on campus, midweek on campus, so on and so forth, to uh, reach as many people as possible. And then from those two weeks, we see a lot of people start studying the Bible or uh, we start creating friendships and so on and so forth. Uh, so that's that's part of how we start talking about the five F's. Then maybe towards the middle of the semester, we have a Devo, either a Doctrine Devo or uh, you know a family, we call it Family Matters. We talk about Jesus, and then we talk about things that, as a ministry, we could focus on, we could improve on, we could grow in, and we'll throw in the five F's there. So when we talk about faith, you know, Hebrews 11 says it's impossible to please God without faith. So we are very much focused on, hey, we have a lot of fun, but the reason we're here is because of Jesus. Right. You know, we're not just a club. Right. We are the the pillar of truth, the Bible says. Uh, so faith. Uh, we talk about family, building family, and we have a diverse family and people from different cultures, backgrounds, so on and so forth. So we really hit on uh, making sure that we're a family, uh, what it looks like to be uh, encouraging family and not a discouraging family. Because sometimes when you get a bunch of young people together, they start building friendships and then they start saying things that they probably, uh, probably isn't uplifting. So we talk a lot about that. Um, focus. There's a focus to, we teach about, there's a focus to every single meeting of the body, uh, to what we're doing. What's the purpose of Bible talk, you know, to help people become Christians and we're trying to reach people. So it shouldn't just be a holy huddle. What's the purpose for devotional to build family? What's the focus for midweek to reach non-disciples? Cause we have it on campus and to, uh, teach Christian living. What's the purpose of Sunday for worship? Mm -hmm. So we, we really try to help people focus on, you know, Hey, there is a focus to what we're doing. Right. Uh, and it helps us so that we always get our hearts right to, you know, doing and going uh, and trying to build up the ministry. Uh, and then the follow-up, we talk about discipling and then the fun. Uh, one of my favorites is uh, just having a lot of fun. And, and what I, you know, maybe about 10 years ago when I was an intern, I'm like, man, all these fraternities, sororities, they talk a lot about fun, but it's kind of a dead end after two years. And so we, we saw a lot of, you know, sorority and fraternity guys and girls, or not a lot, but some of them uh, study the Bible sophomore year. And they're like, ah, I kind of had the quote unquote fun freshman year and my grades tanked and it just wasn't fulfilling. So I thought, man, how can we just have a fun ministry? Hey, let's do some of the things that not sororities and fraternities do, but some of the things that could really bring people out. So uh, we just try to have a lot of fun events and, um, and and use use whatever strength there is in the ministry. So I like playing basketball. I played in college. So we helped a lot of guys that play basketball become Christians. So right. uh, and that, that just builds kind of another community. Um, so yeah, those are kind of our five F's and we continuously talk about those. Felipe Marias and I were out sharing on campus yesterday and, um, I said, Hey, let's go share by the, the sports complex, the, the stadium. And then there's also the, the basketball center. And I said, let's, let's try to reach out to a, um, an athlete. And so what do you know? Boom. 
go out there and run into a guy who's on the defensive line at the University of Arizona, the football team. And he said, man, I'm, I'm looking for a church. Um, there's some buddies on the team that are looking for a church. And, you know, when do you guys meet? Uh, this is great. I've talked to the coach about this. And we were, we were pumped. I mean, we were like, okay, this is an answer to prayer. What advice would you give to, to people who are trying to reach student-athletes? So one thing is um, it depends on which school you're at. Maybe there's a chaplain that's, uh, you know, a part of your school. Uh, or maybe you're, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to become a chaplain for maybe a football team or uh, just on campus so I could get kind of some of the benefits from being on campus. I already do because I already graduated from FIU, so I'm an alumni, but uh, on other campuses, I'm not. But, uh, you know, sometimes these athletes, they, they have chaplains that are just kind of inspirational speakers. They don't really talk about the depth of the scriptures and so on and so forth. So one of the things is don't be afraid to really call people to the standard that the Bible calls us to. Mm. Uh, there's no special treatment for someone who plays a sport or could throw a ball. Uh, and <laughs> that's, that's, that's what happened with me. They showed me scriptures and I was, I was called higher and I was encouraged. I was inspired. Uh, the other thing is in terms of evangelizing, um, just kind of what you guys did, just being bold and going out there. Uh, but also knowing that these athletes, uh, there's, they have a lot their schedule is really busy. Right. Exactly. And they have a lot going on and they have, they're required to be at certain things. Right. And I was on scholarships. So I was required to be there and do certain things and so on and so forth. So being very flexible with them on their, uh, on what, you know, on their schedules. Right. Uh, we had a, we had a girl, she's an Olympian now. Uh, her name's Christina Knott. She ran at UM and uh, there were certain times where she wasn't able to make certain things, but I, I definitely try to make sure that she was connected, that she was solid, uh, that she was being reached out to. Um, and yeah, maybe you have some thoughts. Mike. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think the word that I thought too is flexibility. Um, not that you lower the standard, uh, but that there is an understanding of these students are there probably on scholarship playing sports. So they have to, they have to be committed to these right. things. Right. Um, but to show them the standard of how can that happen in your life with the schedule you have. Right. right? And I think one of the key things that we've seen to student athletes who have been successful um, and faithful to God in college has been relationships. If people have relationships, they see, they, we see that their life, is bearing the fruits because they, yeah. they have people that they're they're talking through things even if right. they're not able to make all the meetings of the body um they see that these other people's lives they see the fruit and they see what's happening and they see how to do basically they're walking with people and they see it lived out and so they have these examples even though they're constantly seeing the opposite maybe um in the environment that they can be in and so i think they need a lot of relationships right um to be, to be successful and um, to be inspired because, you know, they, they can have great influence um, in, in the the sport that they're playing in. Um, there's a lot of people that I'm sure are searching in that we can't reach ourselves not being athletes, um, but that they can, but they need a lot of relationships and support. Right, right. And during the, during the off season is when 
So if you're if you're playing football, um, you know, during the day is really when they grind. Uh, they they really don't have much at night unless you have a, unless they have a game. So a lot of the athletes, football players, basketball players, they could make it, uh, or track athletes, they could make it to midweeks where we had at night. Uh, but maybe like a Friday night, they're traveling, they can't make it to Devo. Makes sense. Um, but one thing that has also helped has been uh, maybe having someone that can relate as an athlete uh, that they could talk to, that they're connected to, or whatever. Um, so. I think those things. Right. No, that's super helpful. I mean, one of the things I talked to him about, I said, listen, you know, if, if this time doesn't work for you, we can work out a special service for you and your friends. If that's, if you want to worship together, uh, we can put together essentially a custom, custom church service. I think that, you know, I hear what you're saying about the flexibility, having a high standard, but being flexible because it's, it's almost, it's like a full-time job. I mean, it's, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of effort. It's a different world with unique challenges and temptations. So, um, definitely a unique situation. I want to talk a little bit about kingdom kids. So how do you integrate kingdom kids with people that you meet and baptize off the street? How do you develop one culture with one standard? Yeah, so <laughs> I, okay, why, why, I, why are you laughing there, Mariellos? We've discussed this a lot. Yeah, I'm there. I don't know. Uh, I'm not fully in favor of the word kingdom kids. Okay. Uh, there, there is a reality that you grew up in the church and so on and so forth, but so many people are so different. We've had a lot of kids who grew up in different churches come, or even our, our fellowship of churches come to you know, our, our ministry. And some of them have done amazing. And some of them have not done so well when they're called to really be a Christian. Um, or, or even they, they kind of came like, ah, I don't know where I'm at. Um, but I, I think we're laughing because uh, we, most of our ministry, uh, 80 to 90% of our ministry are Gentile conversions not kingdom kids not kingdom kids so um we have a handful of kingdom kids right but some of them some of the people that uh you know are are coming from are are becoming disciples are coming from other churches um so they kind of are churchy kids as well but one of the things but i think there is a difference in in you know uh with uh, some of the kids that are coming from our fellowship of churches, the connectedness that they have, um, the culture that uh, they were a part of. So again, I think the we really try to stress what we're about and who we are, that this is what the ministry is like. This is, these are kind of the expectations for the ministry. Um, and all of it is, is washed with the word and uh, very much about, nothing forceful, nothing weird. I don't like that. I don't like forceful. I don't like weird. I like biblical um, kingdom centered kind of teaching. And that's the standard for everyone. Um, And I think having a solid discipling is also uh, one of the things that Mm -hmm. I've seen have worked well with kids that uh, have gone to have kingdom kids 
uh, that have come from, I'm even struggling saying the word, but uh, it's a reality. Uh, but yeah, I think the, the standard, teaching the standard early on, as well as uh, kind of teaching and making sure that they're getting solid discipling and what that means and so on. Um, and can I say two more things? All right, cool. The, the other thing that I've seen is some of them have to kind of not, I wouldn't say restudy the Bible, but uh, reaffirm certain convictions uh, because uh, we really strive to have everyone. What, what we say is, Hey, we want everyone in the ministry to be in at least two Bible studies one you can lead and one you can learn from. Uh, so some of these uh, kingdom kids come in and they don't really know how to study the Bible with people or they think they do, but they don't really know how to lead one. They've been in studies, but they don't know how to lead. So we really try to encourage them, hey, learn the scriptures and so on and so forth. And um, you know, you can really help more people become Christians. Um, yeah, you could go. Yeah, I, I was gonna share a little bit of so growing up, I was a kingdom kid, you know, um, and when I came to Miami, though I had been doing ministry, I think at that point, seven or eight years in Arizona, I moved and it was such a shock, a culture shock to me, to be honest, of the excitement and zeal that somebody who had come straight out of the world, um, I had made Jesus Lord versus somebody who had been around that for quite some time. Um, you've seen kind of, if you, you grow up in the church, you kind of get used to that, um, that, um, I don't know, the culture of being a follower of Jesus. Right. Um, and somebody who's not used to that is really excited because it's brand new. And then they come to a family um, that has that as well. And so it was a little bit, it, it I would say it convicted me um, for my zeal and my excitement because I felt like, man, maybe I've gotten comfortable right. in um, the grace that has been shown to me and the blessing of what it means to have a family of, of believers that want to do the same thing and want to have the same goal, goal in mind. Um, and so I think for some who come, who grew up in our church, our churches, um, it can be shocking. And to that, I would just say, um, learn, learn from, from yeah. those um, that, that are fresh in, in that way. Um, and again, you know, the Bible talks about this when the Jews and the Gentiles came together, try to figure things out, you know, there's going to be bumps along the way. And um, I, I'm grateful because I think uh, Lakey does a great job of let's look at what the scriptures teach about how we how what should the standard be. Um, so the standard doesn't really change despite where you're coming from. Um, which is really awesome. It, it kind of clarifies for us any any differences that we would have in thinking right. about things. Um, so yeah, that's kind of whatever I would add. Yeah, and we we um we have amazing kingdom kids, kids that grew up <clears throat> uh, in uh, different parts of the country, and they they've come to Miami, and uh, they're doing awesome. Uh, some some of the kids from Boston, some of the kids from uh, churches in California. Uh, some of the kids in, in Florida. Uh, so yeah, it's, yeah, they, I think they've, they've, some of them, a lot of them have done really well. Right. Right. Well, there, there's unique challenges there. I mean, every kid comes from a different background. Uh, it could be that their parents were not doing that well spiritually. It could be that their parents were affected by different situations in the church and are 
you know, that, that get, that bleeds into their lives. And so there's, there can be entitlement, there can be criticism, there can be all sorts of things that are um, coming along with, with the student into a new situation. So, okay, let's, let's keep talking here. I want to talk about you guys. You guys have been on campus now. You guys have been disciples a little over 10 years now. How do you stay motivated? How do you stay fired up? Now you, now you've got a kid, uh, you've got a four month old and you know, how do you keep, and you've been at, at Florida or Florida International for a long time, like a, um, you know, how, how do you keep the fire burning? You go, okay, here's just one more, one more year. Here I am. How, how do you keep the fire burning to go, okay, this is going to be an awesome year versus just like, okay, we're just going to, you know, connect the dots. It's going to be a good year. We're going to baptize 25 and have just kind of a, uh, a journeyman mindset versus like inspired. Yeah. So, uh, because the, I mean, there are several, that's a great question. There are several kind of things that just ran through my mind. One of them is what I teach incessantly is <laughs> never <laughs> mix up your purpose and your mission. Uh, for me, uh, sometimes I, I even kind of ask, hey, guys, what's our what's our purpose in life? And sometimes people shout out, make disciples. And I'm like, no, our purpose in life is to love God and to know God and to be close to God. So for me, I always want to uh, see everything through that lens, that my purpose is God, that I, John 17, 3, eternal life is to know God and to know Jesus. Luke 10, 20, that our names are written in heaven. Colossians 1, we were created by him and for him. So I really, before, when I get to leaders, they ask me to, you know, teach lessons to leaders. That's what I, I try to teach all the time. Never mix up your purpose, which is to know God and your mission, which is to help others know God. Hmm. So the mission becomes fun because now I'm just telling them about my father. Uh, now I'm telling them about my dad, God, you know, and uh, while trying to do something fun, playing basketball or, uh, reaching out with a young Christian or something like that. Uh, so for me, that's kind of one of the things that I try to meditate on a lot. I don't want to get my worth from success or uh, anything besides Jesus. And uh, I really try to focus on that. And so I, I spend time praying, you know, reading my Bible, uh, trying to make sure that I'm close to God. I don't want my Christianity to be fake. I don't right. want it to be based on the ministry, who's doing well, who's not doing well, so on and so forth. Right. I don't want to be anxious about those things. I very much want to be close to God. Mm. Uh, so I talk a lot about that, never mixing up your purpose and your mission. Mm. Um, the other thing I thought about was that, you know, <laughs> although we, we see people become Christians, we're really not reaching as many people as I think we could. Right. Um, so that excites me every semester that there's so many kids on campus that are being pulled away by uh, false teaching. There's so many people that uh, I heard uh, Jameson Malcolm say, uh, he's a minister in, in, uh, in the Philly area. I heard him say, you know, I went to a graduation and I saw all these names pass by of people that we never reached. Mm. And I was like, whoo, that even gave me goosebumps as I said that, you know, and I, and I just think, man, there's so many people that we're not reaching. Um, so, you know, seeing 
10, 15 people become Christians. I'm like, man, God, do greater things. Exactly. Use us in greater way. Exactly. So I think things like that really inspire me. I think false doctrine inspires me. There's so much false doctrine <laughs> out there that we're like, we got to teach the truth. Let's go. Right. Uh, so because I, I grew up believing I was a Christian and I just didn't know. I right. was taught the sinner prayer. And then when I encountered what the Bible said about becoming a Christian as a sophomore, I was sad that there were so many people that didn't know about just even repentance right. or baptism right. correctly. Exactly. So, uh, those are kind of the three things that probably popped up in my mind right away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's so many things I could say. I think minister's life, your own personal life is, is the key. Mm. Um, like, like I said, um, I think if I'm not filled by God and inspired and in my faith, um, is, is growing, um, whatever I do for ministry becomes, um, kind of just, it becomes hard. It becomes difficult, discouraging. Um, so I I think our personal walks, I I'm constantly trying to, um, learn what it means to be poor in spirit, be desperate for God. Um, I think the, the, that posture, when I really feel uh, my need for God, it makes me want other people to have God more. Um, I, I think remembering uh, the grace that has been shown to me, I think constantly reflecting on that, praying about that. Um, I think being in touch with my sin, I right. think helps me. Um, I think knowing that um, I'm never going to, I'm never going to be perfect. So I'm constantly going to be um, in need of being more like Christ. I think um, gives me a gratitude for my salvation. Right. And I think that motivates me as I encounter uh, different situations on campus to be like, wow, like, I want you to have this, this gift that yeah. I have. And, um, you know, I think something like he says, or he heard it from Sonny, but he says it. Um, I think when you're discouraged, get encouraged quickly. Mm-hmm. And that is something that has helped me a lot because in ministry, you're going to encounter um, a lot of discouragement and yeah. maybe you're, you're just planting seeds that you're not going to see a grow for years and years to come. And that can be frustrating. Uh, but what's cool um, is when we get our encouragement from the scriptures, we see the big picture of what we're doing. And I think that helps a lot, too, to, to know um, I'm just a part of the process. Right. I don't know what part I'm going to be in. Uh, yes, people becoming Christians is is incredible. Um, it's inspiring. But that's not the end. That's not everything. Right. You know, there's there's more that we're doing. There's work that we're doing that is bearing fruit in people's lives. And, you know, years later we have people come to us and be like, thank you for that conversation. You know, I, I was at the conference and a girl came up to me and she said, thank you for, um, for, for this conversation we had about, I don't know, five years ago. And honestly, I didn't fully remember the conversation, <laughs> but she said it's life. And I'm so grateful, you know, That's right. um, we don't know, you know, what, what we're doing. And so I, I think personally, your own walk with God, right. um, having people that walk with you and inspire you as well. Um, yeah. We have a couple of the races, John and Sylvie Reyes. Um, honestly, they're, they're in, I, I don't know if I should say their age, they're older, um, but they're missionaries at heart. They and they're moved, young compared to Jesus. They're young compared <laughs> to Jesus. They moved down to the area we're living in. We're trying to do um, kind of a church plant down in the city. Uh, that we're at and they they moved from their home uh, so that they could be in around the neighborhood and, and make disciples down here and I, there's just so many things in their life that I'm inspired by right. 
Um, so I would say having people that you can you can go to, and also that we tell them everything that we're feeling and we're right. going through in our marriage, um, as we're <laughs> figuring out what it means to be parents and get no sleep. Um, <laughs> they sit with us. They help us work through conflict. Um, I think that that has been a huge huge blessing right. in doing. Um, it's having a couple that. That's a, that's a lot of stuff there. That's great. So when you get discouraged, get encouraged quickly, get, get people in your life who can help you to, to shepherd you. That's, that's fantastic to make sure and watch your life that you stay inspired, that you stay inspired by the grace of God. Mariellis, you recently finished a master's is, were you motivated by like, what motivates you to go Hey, I'm going to go get a master's? (laughs) Um, I laugh because it was, it was very difficult. Um, but I think what motivated me initially, so I had been doing campus ministry since I was a junior in college. I was on as an intern and then kind of went to the full-time ministry when I graduated. Um, and as I was studying the Bible with women, I think the consistent thing that I felt like I would hit a wall with was when it came to mental health. I didn't know how to walk with somebody spiritually and just emotionally and psychologically um, through that and see them have just victory. Um, And so uh, many situations where um, suicidal ideation, eating disorders, um, addictions, just so many heartbreaking things that I knew um, God had the power to redeem us from. I just didn't know how to guide somebody towards that. And so um, I actually got my master's at Phoenix Seminary because I wanted the biblical side of psychology and understanding how that that goes um, with scripture. And that was something that was really inspiring to see was that psychology and scripture go hand in hand. Some of the, some of the theories that I would learn about, um, I actually knew through scripture. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's like... Uh, CBT talks about um, how you think is how you feel and how you feel is how you act. That's mm. repentance. If you change your mind, <laughs> right. your life changes. Exactly. You know? um, and so it's just cool to see like these things. Um, there's a lot of tools that I, I gained from the psychology perspective that I didn't have before. Um, and I'm actually in the process right now in getting licensed in Florida. So I haven't been able to practice yet. Um, but I think just the the understanding of right. Uh, the education really helped me to feel more confident in, in guiding others. Knowing what you know now about the program, the difficulty of it, would you do it again? Yeah, 100%. Oh, so you, you... I actually I missed the difficulty of it because it really challenged me to grow. Um, and I love to learn, but now, it was definitely a very difficult process. So do you offer lessons for Lake and, and just give him some tutoring and stuff like that? <laughs> actually, probably. <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh... Yeah, sometimes I'm the one kind of asking her a bunch of questions. That's right, I bet. I, bet. I try to help her out, and I, I'm learning a lot. I'm like, oh, cool. I know, that's really impressive. I mean, there's so many mental health issues these days. I mean, with the pandemic, I mean, just in general, it's a, it's a massive issue. You must be in high demand because of that, Marielis. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a great need. Um, I'm still learning what that's going to look like, how I can serve and, and meet those needs. So if you're listening to this, pray for me uh, that God opens the door to know kind of what that can look like. Right. I think uh, my passion would be uh, just some kind of education for the for our churches and, and the tools that are available. Um, I think just being educated about things can change so much. Right. So right. 
you it's know, powerful. Who knows what God has planned for that. One thing that stands out to me about you, like in the little time we spent together is you seem like an extremely confident person at, at the, <laughs> at the same time, you're willing to learn from people. And, um, can you explain how, do, how do you stay confident and humble at the same time? Man. Um, I think there are, uh, I, I think what you said, being a learner, uh, I know that I have uh, blind spots. I know that I have my limits. So uh, I just like to learn. Uh, I like to learn things about psychology. I majored in sociology. So uh, I like learning things about society. Um, but yeah, I also think that uh, we should be very confident as Christians because of what God has given us. You know, the scriptures talk about how Ephesians 1 talks a lot about who we are, our identity as Christians, and it should light a fire in us, you know, that, you know, God has, God has blessed us. And not only that, he's with us. He's mm. given us his spirit. Uh, the last word of Jesus in Matthew 28, he said, I'll be with you. So I think there's that. Uh, I, I think I'm also naturally an achiever. So I'm more of like, let's go, let's do. Uh, so it helps me want to accomplish things, but I also know that I, I don't know. So there are certain things that I don't know that I need to learn. So that excites me. Uh, you know, I think sometimes uh, there, have been, there have been times where I get discouraged by the things I don't know, but uh, one of my friends who actually said, you know, if you're discouraged, get encouraged quickly, Steve LaFrance, he said, man, I'm inspired by the, some of the things that I don't know. And I thought, wow, me too, let's go. <laughs> so, um, yeah, or the things that I need to grow in. Uh, so instead of being discouraged by that, I think I've, I've thought of, man, uh, uh, that's, that's exciting now. Right, right. So I think that's, yeah. And, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like I said, I think my confidence, a lot of it is if I'm doing, if I feel close to God, then I feel like I could run through a wall. Mm. Uh, so I, I try to make sure that I'm reading my Bible, praying, not even just for ministry, but just in life Absolutely. in general. So, yeah. okay. Let me, l let me just ask you this, like, w um, with, kids okay you've got you've got a child now how how's that affected your ministry do you have any tips for campus ministers trying to do ministry with children i mean you you might want one advice yourself i'm sure you do but any advice on I how to do that the, the small things i've learned so far um i i think ask for help I think at first, you know, he was our first baby, newborn. We didn't even feel confident letting our mom, right. <laughs> you know, watch him for a few hours. Um, but as time goes on, went on, we got desperate. And we're like, please take this baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But I think even just so I went back, um, I was on maternity leave basically most of the summer. And then probably right before the WDS conference went back. Um, and I went to campus with Micah, our son. He was, I don't know, three months, two months at that point. And I left campus crying because oh. I was like, what 
am I going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt so incapable. I think I felt, um, I felt guilty that I felt incapable because I obviously have the blessing of a son and, um, I don't ever want that to feel like a burden. Right. And at the same time, I felt there was such a great need on campus and I wanted to just run. I just wanted to go. I wanted to Mm -hmm. be in as many Bible studies and and help these girls walk with them, mentor them. And I remember I sat that first day, I sat in a, in a discipling time with two of my girls and he was crying and then he needed to be changed. And then the girl in the, in the discipling study in time was, was crying and I just wanted to cry. I was just like, (laughs) what? Um, and then I went home and prayed and I was like, God, I know that, um, I know that I felt capable before. I think I, you know, you get to a certain place when you've been doing ministry long enough that you, you know how to do certain things well. Um, but I don't know what I'm doing now mm. and uh, I need your help. And so I think God has really given me a lot of confidence in him um, during this time that we're still learning. I think we went to campus this week and we're like, do you feel weird bringing, you know, your baby on campus? I'm like, yeah, I think kids are staring at me and like, what is this student with a, a baby doing? Sometimes, right. you know, sometimes they're like, oh, you're a mom. Like, I didn't know you were that old. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> right. um, so we're just learning and I, uh, you know, we're asking for help. There's different people in our life that we trust that we could leave him with for a few hours um, some of my girls, I, I did a training time yesterday. One of the girls in the middle of the training, he starts crying. She, you know, she takes him and is carrying him for me and, and watching him for me. Um, while I'm doing the training, I'm just learned that's okay. Um, you know, I, I need the help. He's going to come along with us until, you know, he can't. And so, um, yeah, I would say, I would say those things. That's are, awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Let me, what are your dreams in the future? Like, where do you guys plan on going from here? You guys have led a successful campus ministry for a long time. You, Mariellis, in Arizona, now now in Florida. What do you guys dream about? Like, where would you like your lives to go? You play going overseas, leading a church. What What do you want to do? Keep Keep leading campus ministry for the rest of your life. What What's your What are your thoughts? Come on, campus or never. Um, So. I, I actually initially came to Miami because I wanted to be a missionary to Brazil. Uh, so I thought, man, I've grew, I grew up in Brazil and I know Portuguese. So I went to FIU to even better my Portuguese. They have a good Portuguese program. So that's the reason I came to Miami, but God didn't open up those doors. And so I've, I've been here in Miami. I love it. Uh, we we're excited about Miami. We want to stay here in Miami. We are, uh, very much, uh, you know, we're evangelist women's ministry leaders and we're leading part of the South uh, of the Miami church. So we want to really build our, the, the church here. Um, and we've tried to rebrand in certain ways We're we're talking about uh, bringing Christ to the community. So we really want to reach the community around us. And uh I'm excited to, I used to have a basketball company. It was called Baller on Purpose. Can't do it by mistake. You got to do it on purpose. And and I had some videos on Instagram, Baller on Purpose. You could check it out. And uh, so, but really what I wanted to do with that was train younger kids and uh, some of those who are on the margins 
and uh, be a mentor to them, have a mentorship uh, program, use sports to mentor some of these kids who may not have fathers in the home and, uh, or, or maybe just trying to figure life out. So I want to eventually do something with that uh, or go back to doing something with that where I can have a, a athletic program that reaches our community that helps uh, young people believe in themselves uh, and also introduce God in there for them. That's uh, cool. So there's like an yeah. entrepreneurial aspect to kind of an interest or side hustle that you've got going. Yeah, I, I did, but I don't really have time for it right now. Right. Uh, I used maybe to train people, but maybe in the future I could see myself doing, um, you know, or, or being that as an outlet in different ways. Right. I know Maddie, you say something. Yeah. I mean, you're asking kind of our dreams for the future. I think we're living our dream in one sense. Right. Um, I think something that we've been dreaming about for uh, the state of Florida is we have the Miami school of missions, um, which is um, training ministers for the next generation of ministers for uh, the Caribbean, South America, um, and also for the state of Florida. I think that's a dream of ours is to see there's many campuses around Florida, major universities that don't have full-time campus ministers. Um, and we've seen some of those campuses dwindle down because of that. Um, there's not the support there. Um, so we were really excited. We, we were able to send out a couple. They got married and then the next week moved uh, to Orlando and are helping um, with the, the campus there. Um, and we just really want to see Florida's ministries, the college campuses have uh, what we have in Miami. We, we, we uh, really believe the next generation can do that. Um, and so Lakey started um, kind of just with a prayer of, of that. And we've seen it in the last year come to fruition um, in a lot of ways. And we have, I don't know how many students we have training right now, I think 13 yeah, in our school missions. In our school missions, we have 13 students training right now. That's awesome. Um, with some of them want to go into the full-time ministry, some of them just vocationally are, right. you know, wanting to get trained. Um, but just to see that there are students who are excited um, and and want to go into the ministry. Um, so that's kind of one of the dreams that we maybe in the next couple of years we'll see come. So, to life. so you want to see college students go and and have campus ministries on all the campuses in Florida. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, I mean, there's so, there's so many in Florida. It's crazy. I mean, and they're all on, you know, massive football programs and stuff like that. You see them on TV all the time. Yeah. 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 And some of them have it like Gainesville has an awesome ministry. Right. Uh, and Orlando and some, some of them already have full-time ministries, which is awesome. And we just want to reach, we just right. want to reach them all. Yeah, and honestly, I think the pandemic, um, not all of our campus ministries um, were, were open, like the campuses were open. So some of our ministries took a massive hit. Um, even FIU it took a hit uh, and UM was more open than FIU. So we, we just were kind of refocused on UM. Got it. Uh, so I think it's a revival rebuilding time right now. And we're excited for the next 10 years. Our goal is that we could raise up and send out at least 50, uh, you know, missionaries or 
ministers, 50 and 10 in the next 10 years oh, that's awesome. uh, from our program. Um, and yeah, so, you know, I, I think our campus ministries in, in, in the country right now, we're in a rebuilding and uh, it's an exciting time because a lot of young people have, uh, have been raised up, have said, here am I, send me. And uh, they're fresh. So I'm really excited uh, to see what God's going to do. That's great. You guys, you strike me as such a talented couple. I mean, um, you have so much going for you. you. You've got great experience. You, you've done amazing things in the ministry. Let me, let me ask you this question. How do you stay on guard? Like when you, when you think about Satan going after you guys, what do you, what are you careful about? You go, okay, I got to be careful about this area that he doesn't take us out. Like what, if there were one strategy he would use to take you out, what do you have to be careful of? Wow. That's a great question. Uh, I have to think about that one. Uh, I can go. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's funny. Cause I actually pray that daily. Um, that God would protect our faith right? Um, and in the faith of our ministry, uh, our students. Um, Cause I, I do think that if you go out, if Satan reaches into your faith, um, a lot of things could um, fall apart. I think for me, what I've seen in the last two years during the pandemic was kind of this idea of cynicism in my faith. Um, I think that I lost the wonder and the, just having a childlike heart that God can do anything. Um, I think I, 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 once that wonder is gone, I think it'd be very hard uh, to trust God. Mm. And so I, I think for me, Satan can attack that part of me that, um, yeah, trust in God's ability to do anything. Right. Um, right. So I, I, I pray, I, I read a really amazing book called the praying life. Um, and that really helped me uh, to to get out of that because um, I felt very everything just felt like well things are going to fall apart anyway this is this isn't working uh, you know just very apathetic and cynical about life uh, but I think um, learning to have a childlike heart again and right. trusting that God and I and I really believe God has blessed that in this coming school year I feel like I'm in a different place um, with my faith of knowing. Um, yeah, all these bad things could happen. And they, a lot of things happened during COVID right. and a lot of hurts and different things, but God's still able. Exactly. Still, um, then, so I, I, I'm learning to pray that daily. I, uh, I, I love that. I just go, just not losing the wonder, the wonder, the power of God, your idealism. I, and that's, I just, it, it's something that's been on my mind a lot recently because I've lost friends who've drifted away or, you know, just kind of, they're, they're not in the same place they were for sure, you know, a few decades ago. And it's just, it's so sad to me. And I go, okay, Rob, what, what's Satan going to do? What's, what's his attack? And I think that's, that's important. Protect your faith and keep your idealism and don't lose your sense of, um, I wouldn't say childish, but ch at least childlike faith in God and, and a trust that he can do miracles. How about for you, Leke? Where do you, where do you have to be on guard? Yeah, I think I'm very much about faith. Uh, like I, I, I tell certain people that I'm like, man, I, 
really believe, I'm, I'm very optimistic, um, but I think one of the things that I uh, like to say is that I'm, I seek to be optimistic, but I also seek to be realistic. And I know that the Bible says that, you know, in Jesus's, in the Lord's prayer that, you know, protect us from the evil one. Uh, so I, I really pray that on a daily basis, God, may you protect us. Um, you know, John 17 kind of says the same thing, protect them from the evil one. Um, and uh, least not the temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So I pray for that. That's that's what the Lord's prayer says. Right. Um, but I, I I think I try to take the carpe diem route, uh, seize the day. Every single day, I try to make sure that I uh, that I'm praying two or three or four things. Right. Uh, that I I pray Matthew five three that I'm poor in spirit. Uh, that. Um, Matthew 5, 8, that I'm pure in heart and that Hebrews 3, 7 and 8, that I listen to the Holy Spirit today. Mm. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as, you know, as they did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. So I try to pray those three things. uh, And I have a list called the today list uh, where I have my my today scriptures focus every day. I have purity passages. I have a to do list and so on so i call it my today list Mm -hmm. and um yeah so i try to focus every single day on being aware i'm optimistic but i'm also i try to be very aware that satan is trying to steal our faith that he's trying to pull us away um and i think honestly as a as a you know that's all, all all what i said may sound good and like oh cool yeah but one of the, the realities is before I was married, um, I led the ministry without a sister leading with me for several years. Um, and I think just making sure that, um, that you're pure. Before I was a Christian, uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't always pure, uh, obviously. <laughs> I wasn't at all. At all. But uh, I don't even know if that's a laughing matter. But I wasn't a pure man, but becoming a Christian, sorry, I had to grab the charger here, uh, but becoming a Christian, I know I've sought to really strive to be pure, um, just with my motives and everything, but also um, sexually. And uh, so I've, you know, before being married, dating, uh, I knew that one way Satan could take me out is in my purity uh, being either dishonest because I wasn't always honest before I was a Christian and also with women, uh, and from the world or flirting or whatever it may be. So I sought to be the total opposite from that. Uh, maybe I don't even want to say a little too much, but just very much like, I don't even want you to think that I'm flirting. I don't want to, uh, yeah, I just want to be pure. I want to be pure hearted. And I, I try to be funny, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, throw things in there. Uh, like I, I went to a conference and I was going to speak at it. So we were doing a pre-meeting and I was speaking. I said, my name is Lakey. I'm 27 and I'm singles and I'm single. Amen. Sisters. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and that's kind of what happened. One of the sisters like opened up her mouth. She's like, oh, no way. <laughs> um, 
but you know, but I, I try to have fun, but I, I really saw it. Cause you know, there, there are beautiful women on campus, beautiful uh, girls in the ministry. And it's so easy to, and you're leading it. It's so easy to try to um, just not be holy. Exactly. And, and so prior to me getting engaged, being married, I, I very much value purity and I value it even more now. That's um, awesome. So, okay. Yeah. So let me ask you this final question. What advice would you give to a person who wants to make this life count? Um, use what God has given you for the glory of God. Um, learn. Uh, I think you have fun with the talents that God has blessed you with using it for his glory. Um, and seize the day. Uh, try to glorify God every single day. And that means that you got to pray about it every single day. And not everything's going to be perfect, uh, but definitely use your talents for God's glory uh, and learn, learn new talents. I think that those things excite me and it makes me feel uh, fulfilled in, in many ways rather than looking on Instagram. Right. And, being jealous of people or pursuing money at, you know, but in exponential ways, but really, uh, yeah, seizing the day, using your talents. That's awesome. How about you, Mari? Um, I would say it's funny. I think Francis Chan says this, but um, keeping eternity in mind, uh, I think helps put things into perspective. Um, he wrote a really awesome book, You and Me Forever, that talks about like just the purpose of marriage, uh, but that there's a bigger picture than that. And I think when we keep the bigger picture eternity in mind, everything else goes into perspective. Um, our emotions go into perspective. You know, we may have a hard day, but we get to be with Jesus forever. So, um, or, you know, whatever, whatever may come in our life, um, there's, a, there's a bigger picture. And I think that's where the scriptures talk about holding on to the hope we have, right. um, knowing that there's, there's more right. than in this, this life is, hasn't been redeemed. Right. You know, we, at one point it will be, and it, that'll be worth it. And right. so I, I would say in the most of, um, keeping that on your mind. That's great. You guys, thank you so much for this time together. Uh, I'm so inspired by what you're yeah. doing. It's, it's a real pleasure to get you, get to know you a little bit better. And for you, like, I, this is really our first time to to talk. And I'll be praying for your work there in Florida and for the, the work to get 50 missionaries out in the next 10 years. I love the way you're thinking. I've got my own, you know, 2030 plan that I'm just going after. Uh, I'm praying to to plant, you know, 10 or more churches by 2030. And so I'm, you know, I'm really, that's that's my plan. Want to see it happen. We got a church out last year in, in um Flagstaff, Arizona, and we just want to keep on churning it out. Just keep it going. So all the best to you guys going forward. Bro, thanks so much. We'll be praying for you as well. That's awesome. Yeah, we're inspired. Thank you so much for joining the Rob Skinner Podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, please hit the subscribe button and let your friends know about it and how to find it. Because my goal is to inspire you to make this life count, live a no regrets life, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day and make this life count.